We would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging that the land on which we record is the occupied, traditional, and unceded territory of the Stalo First Nation. Now, in Canada, we have an incredibly generous tax credit system for charitable giving, and people can support the causes that they care about and apply a certain portion of the tax implications that their estate would have to deal with to those causes, and you get a credit as a result. So there's an opportunity for people to direct some of their tax money to causes that they they want to support. Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Shalane, and we're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite-sized ways. Abraham Somovarapov holds the role of a state advisor at Advisors with Purpose. His academic background lies in finance and international trade, complemented by designations such as Certified Financial Planner, Master Financial Advisor in Philanthropy, and Certified Kingdom Advisor. In his leisure hours, Abraham enjoys listening to podcasts or studying politics and religion. Come the weekend, you might spot him engaging in a game of cricket at the park or taking a leisurely stroll with his dog, Chuckles. Abraham, thank you so much for joining me today on their podcast. Thank you for having me, Shalane. It's a pleasure to be here. I am looking forward to having this conversation with you. It's interesting when you host a poverty and ending poverty together podcast, and we have a variety of different guests, I think sometimes people wonder, why would you be having Abraham from Advisors with Purpose on a podcast about ending poverty? So maybe we can just start there and talk about how you connect with the idea of ending poverty, but then also how you are connected with us at Food for the Hungry. Great question, Shalane. So essentially, I find that when it comes to causes that people support, a big part of it is finding something that you care about. Mm -hmm. And then you want to go about ideally finding the best way to help the situation or make things better or to support the cause that you care about. Essentially, through Advisors of Purpose, We have a partnership with Food for the Hungry, of course. Mm -hmm. Donors that support Food for the Hungry can come to us and get their estate planning done. What estate planning does is it breaks down for them the the most efficient ways for them to donate Mm -hmm. to causes that they support, show them opportunities that they never thought were possible or available to them to be able to work to support and make the causes that they care about better. Mm -hmm. So if someone has a a passion regarding poverty and people who are vulnerable and they want to make sure that their giving is uh, being maximized, I understand that this is something that Advisors with Purpose can help with. And whether that's through estate planning or through some... um, perhaps discussion about donor-advised funds or partnerships with foundations. Maybe you could speak to some of that for me. Yeah. Um, essentially, we could, we could discuss all of those things. Okay. So, <laughs> Which one yeah. would you like to talk about first? <laughs> so, 
certainly estate planning mm-hmm. is something I could start off with. Uh, estate planning encompasses getting a sense of the tax implications of the goals of your estate and what your what the transfer of your estate is going to look like to your beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. It's also going to break down how you could use charitable giving as a, a tool for making your estate more efficient. Mm-hmm. Now, in Canada, we have an incredibly generous tax credit system mm-hmm. for charitable giving. Mm-hmm. And people can support the causes that they care about and apply a certain portion of the tax implications that their estate would have to deal with to those causes, and you get a credit as a result. So there's an opportunity for people to direct some of their tax money to causes that they, they want to support. Can I just jump in and just yes. say, in case someone is listening, and if they didn't happen to listen to a previous episode from another season where I had a conversation with one of your colleagues, I shared with her at the time that my husband and I actually went through the AWP process. And when we were thinking specifically about our estate planning, we were introduced to the idea of adding a another child called charity to our will and and that has proven to be and i think that's really what you're speaking of making making sure that the estate is maximally um, used and beneficial to to the the recipients do you want to speak to that a little bit you're probably better at explaining what adding another child could be to an estate than i am when it comes to people's estates, a lot of times there's tax implications as a result of the transfer of their estate. And usually this happens when your monies in your estate go from one generation to the other. Mm-hmm. So when you're leaving children, you know, essentially your estate after you pass away, you can use a portion of your estate to reduce or completely eradicate in some cases to, mm-hmm. to a large extent the potential tax implications that, that are associated with your estate. Now, really, a lot of times it comes down to, to you deciding, would you rather those monies go to you know the government or the mm-hmm. CRA if, if, from a tax perspective, or would you rather those same monies go to specific causes that you can direct it to through charitable contributions. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, in Canada, we do have an incredibly generous tax credit system. Generally speaking, for every $2 that you donate within an estate, you get about a dollar back in credits. It's, mm-hmm. it's close to that. It's not always exactly that amount. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, you do have that room. Keep in mind, though, it's specific to each estate. Right. So you can't just apply that rule to everyone that you work with. Mm-hmm. And that's where planning becomes mm-hmm. incredibly important. You have to uh, sit down with a, a qualified advisor, uh, look at where you are, mm-hmm. look at where your goals are, and and see how there could be opportunities that you might be missing or mm-hmm. that you might not have considered to make your state tax efficient and uh, to be able to support the causes that you particularly care about. So uh, essentially mm-hmm. sitting down and going through that planning process is an incredibly valuable tool mm-hmm. that's available for people through AWP. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned sitting down with a planner. 
I would imagine that there's many people who are listening who have sought advice from a financial advisor or maybe have someone they connect with on a regular basis. Is this something that people can do in addition to that? Does Would it replace it? How, how might that work? Yeah, so our, our partnership with Food for the Hungry sp- focuses specifically on one aspect of financial planning, which is estate planning. Mm-hmm. Our goal or our intent is not to replace your personal advisors. We're, we're an ancillary service that's available to you free of cost. A lot of times we will, or almost every time really, we will recommend that donors work with their advisors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we have some thoughts and ideas, we prepare a plan, mm-hmm. like a, a, a document that uh, lays out some suggestions, some thoughts, potential discussions that we've had with the donors that they would take into their lawyer's office, that they would take into their financial advisor's office, sit down and review with their financial advisors to see the best way to implement their strategy going forward. Mm-hmm. If charitable giving is particularly important to you, this this is an incredible tool mm-hmm. that, that's available to take advantage of. If there are causes that really speak to you that you want to support in the long term, mm-hmm. um, I would say that this is absolutely essential mm-hmm. to that process. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking on a personal level, I can say that it has been very, very beneficial. And there's several of my uh, co-workers who have gone through the process as well and have found it to be very insightful and helpful in making some of those informed decisions. I'm also wondering, and I think perhaps this is the segue into the second topic that you were going to jump in there on about donor-advised funds. How could this approach help someone who is wanting to make donations, perhaps feeling like there's multiple different directions? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. uh, So donor-advised funds are, in my opinion, just hands down, incredible tools for charitable giving. Hmm. Charitable giving really comes from a cause speaking to you. Mm -hmm. You see an organization do incredible work associated with that cause, and you want to make more of that happen. Mm -hmm. I I guess that's an oversimplification of what affects most people and what leads most people to give. Mm -hmm. You care about something, you see an organization do incredible work on on that side of things, and you you want to support more of it. Donor-advised funds are like a bank account for your charitable giving. I guess that would be the best way to explain it. You can use them while you're still alive. Mm -hmm. Um, They're usually offered by foundations. There's a whole host of foundations out there available to offer support when it comes to this. Again, the donor advice funds, again, are quite incredible. So you make a donation, you get a tax receipt for the donation, the money's in the account, and it's available to be granted to causes that really speak to you. Hmm. You can... You can take advantage of growth potentially. So some donor advice funds can be invested. You could put them in, you know, interest-bearing bonds. You could purchase stocks with them, mutual funds, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of flexibility to what you can do with that account, and it's about empowerment. It, it really empowers the donors to take responsibility for uh, for their charitable giving. Um, I find there's very little that 
feel so empowering as to you know start building a, a, a little a corpus of money in that account or a little body of money in that mm-hmm. account get it to the point where it it grows or it starts to grow and get it to a point where you could do potentially interest only grants hmm. and create some kind of a perpetual grant that that outlives you almost like a scholarship right mm-hmm. so I find charitable givings also a, a family activity in many mm-hmm. in many cases. You know, people are involved in it as couples. Um, they're, they're, you have your children involved. You could set up a donor advice fund and call it a, um, a you know the Smith Family Fund, for okay. example. And you know, it just gives you so many opportunities and it, it offers so much flexibility that. You you have you have an incredible opportunity to take advantage of something like that. So I'm just curious if someone is listening and this is the first time they've ever heard of donor ad- advised funds and they're thinking, okay, well I donate annually to Food for the Hungry. I donate annually to these three other organizations causes that are really near and dear to my heart. How would a donor advised fund benefit me because I want to continue to do those annual donations. Yeah, you know, certainly you want to continue donating from an operational perspective to the charities that you're supporting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donor advised funds aren't really built to take away from that donation. But there are years or there are situations where you may have more resources available to you than than you donate. Mm -hmm. But just you haven't found the causes that speak to you yet. Mm. The, the, a person that's getting a donor advice fund is really organized about their giving okay. or they're getting to the point where they've reached, uh, you know, a, a level where they, the organization of giving appeals to them mm. because they have real goals attached to their charitable giving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a donor advice fund would be perfect for someone that sees that, you know, an extra $10,000 donation in a certain year would have a positive uh, implication for them mm-hmm. from a, from an income perspective, from a, um, from a tax perspective, from a, a long-term giving perspective. Mm-hmm. So it, it would really be for someone that wants to, maximize their giving in a particular year and wants the flexibility going forward of being able to support causes that that, that really speak to them maybe on a larger scale. So hmm. I I know people that that will make a contribution to their donor advice fund each year and they'll use the corpus for larger expenses for projects that that charities that okay. they're supporting put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if the ch- church roof needs to be rebuilt and mm. you need to be able to, uh, you know, send a chunk of uh, money to the church, right. you know, a donor fund is a great resource versus, yeah. you know, having to come up with a large donation in, in a particular mm-hmm. uh, period of time. Mm-hmm. So you're looking more on a long-term legacy kind of an approach with this, it sounds like. Yeah, so certainly there's a short-term advantage to it, mm-hmm. but also the long-term advantage to it is significant. Mm-hmm. 
A lot of times there are opportunities when it comes to charitable giving, for example, with appreciated stock. Mm -hmm. um, if you have appreciated stock, you can really take advantage of, of the charitable uh, credit that you get as a result. Because when you donate appreciated stock to a charity, you don't then have to pay the capital gains on, on that. <laughs> if that did not make a lot of sense, <laughs> you know where to find us. Right, so you, yeah. can, you can call us. Well, see, if you say um, a few more things like that, then people will go, I don't know what that means. I better call Abraham. <laughs> Find yeah, out. Exactly. You know, please feel free to reach out to AWP. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, that's that's a little more complex when it comes to a charitable giving. Mm -hmm. uh, our services are broad spectrum. Like we we work with your average donor, but we also work with donors that do have uh, significant assets and appreciated stocks or have a lot of interest in donor advised funds. I would certainly recommend reaching out to us to for, for any planning help that you need. Mm -hmm. But going back to, to donor advised funds specifically, there are some people whose estates or there are some situations where a donor advised fund makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm really empowers the donor, mm -hmm. really gives the donor a lot of opportunities. And, you know, it would make the most sense for you to set one of those up mm -hmm. to A, work towards your giving goals, but also take advantage of them, advantage of the opportunities that are available to you uh, in the short term. Mm -hmm. Re really, the goal long term would be to, you know, almost set it up like a, a, a bequest where you could do interest-only grants. And it's it's surprisingly not hard enough to build up to that point. If you have a 15, 20-year period mm. where you make regular donations to a, a donor-advised fund, mm -hmm. uh, you may grant a portion of it out each year. But in 15 to 20 years, you will probably likely get to a point where you'll have some growth that you can grant out annually. Hmm. Yeah, that is encouraging. I am curious you've mentioned a few times people different people's approach sometimes they're very strategic and have very specific goals what do you find motivates people to give to charitable organizations i know we've talked a little bit about causes that people care about i know from personal experience that a lot of times it has to do with experience things that I have experienced or people I've cared about experience draw certain causes and um, topics to my attention. I'm just curious in your work, what do you find is often motivating people to be involved in this kind of giving? Yeah, I, I, certainly we did talk about the fact that you see a cause, you see an organization doing good work and you feel strongly that you want to support that. Um, and this is something that's going to surprise a lot of people. In, in study after study, uh, practicing religion mm -hmm. is the behavioral variable with the strongest and most consistent hmm. association with charitable giving. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's incredibly surprising. Really, for a lot of the 90s, the early 2000s, um, the world in general was going through um, a, a cycle where there was a lot of question when questioning when it came to belief mm -hmm. or, or religion in general, which I don't necessarily think is the worst thing. But we've had a few studies that we can point to, and almost all of them show that charitable giving is a very cultural phenomena. And religion seems to play a, a big factor uh, when it comes to cultural giving. So, you know, what am I talking about? And I can I can kind of mm -hmm. 
parse through the numbers there. So there was a StatsCan study that was done in 2015. I believe it's widely available online, so you can uh, take your time and review that study. The average giving for Canadians was about $450 a year, mm-hmm. which is you know quite significant. Mm-hmm. The religious, on average, donated about $1,000, hmm. and non-religious donated about $310. Hmm. So it's, it's a significant difference. That is a significant difference. Yeah. So if, if I have friends that are not religious, I try to pick on them and I say you should <laughs> donate a little more. Uh, so something to laugh about. And, uh-huh. But also what they realized was, and, and this portion would make sense, religious people do give a large portion to religious organizations mm, mm-hmm. so um, they gave an average of 650 to religious organizations mm-hmm. but non-religious people also donate to religious organizations it's oh, a smaller amount yeah but it's it's about 60 dollars okay right so the average non-religious person donates 60 dollars to uh, religious organizations the average religious person donates 650 to uh religious organizations. However, what you will see there if you if you parse through the numbers is religious people donate more to secular organizations than non-religious people do. Hmm. Like, Though the percentage share is larger. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess they're they're giving more in general and they're they're giving diversely. Yeah, it's incredible. And so that's that's specifically the stats can study mm-hmm. um and you know you could say well it's a it's it's an exception it might be Canada specifically but there have been a bunch of studies in the states that shockingly the numbers are so close to Canada which mm-hmm. which was which surprised a lot of people the US study was from philanthropy roundtable mm-hmm. in the states uh, and they realized that religious people donate an average of $1600 to charity non-religious people donate about $700 to charity hmm. Two-thirds of religious people donate to secular causes. Hmm. So, yeah. and, and And their gifts are 20% larger as well. So it's, it, it was a really interesting study. I mean, study after study seems to prove this. And, you mm-hmm. know, I hope that changes, of course. And so, mm. yeah. mm-hmm. Well, it's encouraging to me that stats bear out that when you have faith, and, you know, at Food for the Hungry, we are a Christian international development organization. And a, a big <laughs> fundamental piece of our faith is that we give and serve and share and love. And so want to hope, and I'm glad to hear you say, statistically, it bears out that that, that makes a difference, that the, what we value and what we believe shows up in our behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, culture is incredibly important. But yeah, you know, culture is a a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people that come from giving cultures tend to tend to give more. And and faith tends to be a big factor in in all of that. Mm -hmm. Abraham, our time is quickly coming to a close here. I want to come back again to the services that AWP provides and want just to think about someone who's listening they've never heard of you before and they're curious what might be available to them how might they access being able to connect with you what's what's the best way to go about that 
Yeah, so the best way is to contact Food for the Hungry, mm-hmm. and Food for the Hungry will direct the donors to, to AWP. Uh, and then, you know, we'll set up an appointment time and we'll connect with the donor. We can do either a phone call or a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contact us to go through the entire process, which, you know, from beginning to end, we prepare an estate plan for someone uh, that we work with. And then we would prepare um, a, a set of documents that you can go into your lawyer's office to set up a will or update an existing will. Mm-hmm. So you can either take advantage of the entire process or if you have specific questions that you want information or help with, uh, you can reach out to us for those specific questions as mm-hmm. well. One other thing I would just add too, uh, I'm excited that in this this calendar year in 2024, there's four different webinars that FH and AWP are hosting together. And the topics are preparing for unexpected challenges and disruptions in your family in terms of estate planning, five top reasons to have a will, what women need to know, and then navigating a debt-ridden world. So those are also tools and resources that will be available in this year uh, that because of the partnership that Food for the Hungry and AWP share together. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that it'll be it'll be very, very informative for people that join in. It's an incredible partnership, the fact that people can connect with us. Uh, I find that a lot of people are surprised mm-hmm. that they're able to access us for free mm-hmm. uh, or without cost. And, you know, sometimes you really have to explain to people that we are on Retainer, Food for the Hungry has hired us mm-hmm. to help with your planning. And it is a free service because a lot of people can't seem to get over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when people think that something is free, they think that it may not have value. And I can say that that is absolutely not true. That is not the case, that this process is extremely valuable. And it's a gift and a, and a blessing that um, people can access this and be able to get this kind of insight. And And one thing I would just also say before we close, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit more than I can, Um, we never felt pressured to give to any particular charity. So while this is a service that is available for free through FH, FH didn't actually come up in the process. Did you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, so our goal is... We're all financial advisors. We, in a sense, have a fiduciary responsibility to the donors we work with. Not, Of course, we're employed by AWP, but our responsibility as advisors is to the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're working with someone on a face-to-face level, AWP, Food for the Hungry, not really a part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. But... The goal really is to help people with their planning and show them the opportunities that are available to them from Mm -hmm. a charitable giving perspective. And I just find people are incredibly kind and charitable. When When they see the opportunities that are available to them, a lot of people will take advantage of those opportunities. You know, these people that we work with are 
incredibly kind and charitable to begin with. Mm -hmm. They're supporting these causes to begin with. So if they have an avenue to make the world a better place in the way they see fit, they they all they seem to take it take that opportunity invariably so mm-hmm. it's it's quite a incredible opportunity that's available to them but also when they see that it is available uh, they they certainly take advantage of it every time our goal is just to serve the donors we work with um, we don't necessarily recommend one charity versus the other it, when it comes to gift giving the donors make their own decisions mm-hmm. depending on the information that's available to them. They work with their personal financial advisor. They work with their lawyer. If they're going to be working with a foundation or setting up a donor advice fund, they will be working with their foundation. Uh, the relationship between us and the donors are not transactional at all. It's a free service. We're mm-hmm. there to help in any way that we can mm-hmm. and answer any questions that, that we can for the donors. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. I appreciate all that you do, and I appreciate you sharing your expertise with us and giving people a little bit more insight and understanding of Advisors with Purpose. It was a pleasure talking to Shalane. God bless, and I hope uh, this podcast serves all of you well. Thank you. To explore what your next steps might be or to find out more about FH Canada and Advisors with Purpose, start by checking out fhcanada.org resources.